Welcome to That Spinster Life. I'm Alyssa Jones. I get to share my conversation with Gianna Sachere in this episode. This is the first of three episodes in a row that are focusing on women here in New Orleans. Uh, This interview, uh, we sat down, gosh, it must have been at the end of August in 2020. So uh, you're going to hear a lot about uh, where we were then. Uh, So, you know, please, you know, reflect with us through this conversation on where we were, how far we've come and thinking about how far we have yet to go where the pandemic is concerned. Uh, So a bit about Gianna. A native New Orleanian, Gianna Sachere is the founder executive director of the New Quorum, an artist residency that brings musicians from around the world to New Orleans for performance and collaboration with local artists. Previously, she was the producing director of the Hamptons International Film Festival from 2006 to 2014. And for about 20 years, she lived in New York and Los Angeles, working with various arts and higher educational institutions in curating, producing, and fundraising, including the Tisch School of the Arts at NYU, the New School, and Two Boots Pioneer Theater. She's also the former director of several film and music festivals, including Slam Dance Film Festival and Don't Knock the Rock Film and Music Festival in Los Angeles. Also the Ponderosa Stomp here in New Orleans and the Improv Conference New Orleans, a festival of ideas, an annual event bringing together great minds from across industries. Oh, and if that's not enough, she was also the producer of the Peabody-nominated radio series, Unprisoned. Please welcome Gianna Sachere. Hello, Gianna. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's always so good to see you. It's good to see you too. Yes, We're both yes. matching in our pink. I know. We got the memo today. What's mm-hmm. funny is that we live not like less than, I don't know, it might be half a mile, but here we are. Yes. <laughs> I know know this, this day and age where we are right now, but we're not going to talk about the day today because I want everyone to know, uh, about you and your amazingness and your amazing work. I have to embarrass you a little bit. When I first moved here two years ago, uh, I, you know, was looking for, you know, what are the cool things in arts here? Because, you know, I might as well plug in and I found new quorum. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like my dream. If I were going to do something like this, this is what I would do. This is what, this is amazing. Who are these people? Who's this lady? And then I sent you a volunteer thing. And then I think uh, like you picked it up months later. And then we finally met last year and I got to help out with your wonderful improv conference, NOLA, which is just one of the coolest things. I, 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 I I really love that event. I hope we get to, you know, go back to it at some point. Um, But can you, can you talk a little bit about what got you, so what was your path to land you here in New Orleans, where you're from and Mm -hmm. right, you're from here originally. I grew up um, in Gentilly, Mm -hmm. about a mile from where I am living now on Esplanade Avenue. I, you know, I grew up in New Orleans where I was pushed to leave by my parents, by my peers, because on some level, um, there's limited opportunities for women of color here. There were at least when I was, um, when I was growing up. So I didn't really see a future here. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that uh, there were there weren't that many opportunities. I mean, it's, it's I'm not that old, <laughs> but at the <laughs> time, it just seemed like the only way to, to to really be fully actualized, to be completely who I am, is to leave. So I left, but always thinking I'd come back. Cut to um, Katrina. When Katrina happened, I was living in New York. Um, working in the film industry and um, had moved to LA and directed my own, directed two film festivals. You know, I'd done a lot of work and I had accomplished a lot professionally, but I always thought I'm going to move back to New Orleans one day and do something else. 
Um, and then Katrina happened, and I thought that one day is now. Yeah. Um, it won't all what we think is there won't always be there. And I think mm-hmm. that relates to right now with COVID is that you get to a certain point in your life where you say, hey, well, tomorrow is now. You know, and all those dreams and all those thoughts about one day I want to do this, one day I'm thinking about that and the kind of life you want, it it is now. If you really want it, you've got to make it happen now. So Katrina happened and it kind of kicked me in the butt to think really long and hard about what that would look like if I came back home to New Orleans. And I knew the only way I could come back to New Orleans is if I worked for myself. Mm. And um, built something of my own because, you know, as much as New Orleans is free and open and fun, whatever, all the things that people kind of envision about New Orleans, New Orleans is a deeply segregated city when it comes to power and control and opportunity. So it took a while for me to gain the confidence and the funds and the right idea. And then it kind of all unfolded um, to where I moved back and I purchased a house to create a musician's residency, musicians and writers residency. I'm just now getting to the point of opening that door. I think I was a little scared because I write and I thought it would be too, uh, I don't know, um, self-serving mm. to do something around my own personal creative I, dreams, ideas. And, and I thought, well, I'll just hold off on that. Again, it's a, a reflection of putting off your own, taking care of yourself in order to what, I don't know, uh, portray a certain picture. You know, women always put themselves last. So that aspect of it, I put last because it, I was afraid of what it would look like. Mm. And I don't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm glad you don't care anymore because you know what? Operating from that place of, you know, this is this is also about feeding myself mm-hmm. as an artist makes it all the more powerful, I think. That's what I found, you know, in the programming yeah. that I've been doing, you know, shooting out of my li- little living room here is mm-hmm. that I've been, you know, stepping into that. I'm... I am making sure you understand that this is about playing in the sandbox with me because I need that. Yeah. Right? And it, it, it becomes an, I need you. I do these uh, create online creative retreats. You should join us. Oh my gosh, I'll send you stuff. But okay. it just, it's literally at the beginning of each one, I said, this is because I need a week <laughs> to get this project done. Thanks for joining me and kicking my butt because without you, I'm not going to get this done. Right. You know, I, I keep saying this. I'm a Gemini. This unstructured time is very hard for me. <laughs> it is. It is very hard, you know. Um, you know, there are people who have done incredibly well during this this period. I feel like they've been able to focus and they're disciplined and they have the means and the resources to do that. But for a lot of people, of course, that's not the case. And um, but I think if anything, it really can recalibrate what your priorities are and and push you to to do the things, like I said, that you always thought you wanted to do or create the life you wanted. Like now is the time mm-hmm. taking small steps towards that. You know, if not now, when when are you going to take initiative? You've got nothing to lose, <laughs> you know. We've got <laughs> nothing to lose <laughs> on every level. Literally, every literally level. nothing to lose right now. Everything to gain. If if only one sanity. If that's the only reason <laughs> is to keep yourself grounded and balanced and connected to something human, then you just need to. You just, yeah. 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 Tell me about your writing. This is we haven't talked much about about your writing, and and I would love to hear more about, um, you know, I don't know. Just I have no specific question. I'm just interested to hear about your work as a as a as an artist. I um so I made a couple of short films, and then um I wanted to write something about my dad. 
My dad was a, a total character and he was obsessed with Super 8 films. Mm. Uh, Super 8, he had a Super 8 camera um, back in the 60s. And um, I'm the youngest of five. So I became the number one topic subject, right? Mm. And uh, so I looked at all these Super 8 films and I was like, okay, I've got to create a story here. What's the story? So that's really the storytelling kind of emerged from, you know, film. But then I realized that I really enjoy the process of writing. I really enjoy character sketches, character development, and feel like a lot of the people that I want to write about are invisible for the most part. And if I don't tell their story, I don't know who will. I almost feel like I have a duty. Mm. Um, And that's what's compelling me to continue writing some of the things that I'm writing now, mostly about my family, my parents, their community. Um, They lived in a very different time, which I always have said that, you know, Generation X is a conduit. You know, people define different generations in different ways, but my grandfather died at the age of 98. Mm -hmm. He was born in 1902. I have very vivid memories and conversations with him of what his life was like. And you think about what he knew and what he saw and who he connected with in 1902. That means, you know, the people, those stories that are handed down. So it's a chain and I don't want to break the chain by not sharing those stories. So um, that's what compels me to do it. I wouldn't say I'm, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've written, I've been in a lot of workshops and I've written some short stories. I wrote a script actually that did very well. I was a finalist in the New Orleans Film Festival a couple of years ago. Very cool. Um, so, you know, I've gotten some positive feedback, but I haven't really emerged in that in that space because here. Yeah. I'm just, you know, but I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not. I mean, and the thing is, if I don't do it, I mean, I, it's always been in the back of my head, like, yeah, I'm going to write that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to. So now I've just got to go for it. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it, And to me, it's not even about, again, it's not about. I'm, just, I'm trying. To, I'm a griot. That is what I'm. That is what I need to do. It's not about fame, fortune. Uh anything more than I need to tell these stories because I need to have them out in the world. Yes. Just to, to honor these people's lives Yeah, as a conduit from that, from those, from those voices to now we lose those voices. We lose those. I mean, I kind of feel like, you know, World War II has always, I'm always, interested in World War II history. I have been. I'm interested in European history, like before World War II and then what happened after because it was a complete eradication of everything known and they had to rebuild, right? And then as a mo- as a movie person, as a film person, like the his- like film in that period was just fascinating. But, you know, people give, there's been a lot of um, momentum and money around the stories collected in World War II, recognizing that those folks are dying or dead. Right. We need to get their stories before they're gone. That's the way I feel about my people. Mm-hmm. That's the way I feel about the men and women of my family, of my extended community here in New Orleans. I want to get those stories down and honor them before they're gone and they lose it. So, yeah, that's that's where I am right now. Um, my mom was in this Pocino game, which is, um, I call it the, it's, it's a really mindless game. I mean, there's no skill at all. It's like bingo, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> but, but every month, 
my mom would um, hang out with these ladies, these same ladies. My mom is a loner, so it was always like exciting for me. Like my mom has friends, and she was. <laughs> but when they came to our house, my mother would make these elaborate meals, whole roasted pompano and crawfish mm. etouffee or bisque. Yeah, she did make bisque once. I mean, these spreads, and I'm a food person as a young girl, you know, I used to cook, been cooking since I was 11, and I would see these things, and I'm like, what, is that for us? Like, no, my mother would say, that's for my card game. I'm like, mm-hmm. card game? What card game? You know, and then kind of I realized what was going on in these women would arrive and then you'd go off to school mm. so I don't know what they talked about I don't know what they did um but that's kind of, I imagine what they those conversations of these women who had that that day right no husband no kids friendship yeah for for all day they play from nine to three the oh same hours of they played until they had to pick up the kids from school. Oh wow! So, so I kind of it's a it's a lovely thing. So yeah, I feel at this point in my life, that's what's got to be my focus. Part mm-hmm. of my focus artistically is to tell those stories. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm I for one am really excited that that's your space that you've planted your flag there. Um, I'm particularly excited for whenever this Pochino story happens i like lightweight want to it to be a play or something so that i can see it but you know i'll settle for whatever you <laughs> no it will be a play that's what i'm working on oh, I, boy, I'm yes. doing it as a novel but i am doing it as a play and yes um, what i hope to do is um premiere it at the new forum in the spring as a workshop that's open to the public so they mm-hmm. can see like the work in progress Okay, well, I'm reserving my seat right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll walk my happy self down the street. Right there. And it will be also a spread because that's what you do. Yes. yes. It's a totally immersive. You will be part of the Pokino game. You won't actually be playing, but you will be. Um, and I want, I've asked Courtney Bryan to do some music for it. Oh, good job. Um, just to kind of create a mood, you know, so we'll see, we'll see uh-huh. what happens, but I mean, it's in the fall. That's yeah. wonderful. Well, that, that will be a wonderful way to kind of, um, you know, I, I, I don't know about you, but I tend to reserve my excursions into public spaces for the very special at this point. And of course, you know, Target. So <laughs> those, two things, those, <laughs> those are the I ask you something. How often do you go to Target? Oh, for a while I was going, you know, I was trying to get, get there at the grocery store once a week. Now I'm over it. I'm just like, you know what? Uh, I don't need anything. My freezer is full, which means I don't need anything because, you know, hurricane season, you got to eat, you got to clean out your freezer first and then go up. Right. So, <laughs> but you know what I found is going to the store has become my entertainment. It totally so, is. Right? Yeah, you know it's like, ooh, I have to go to Whole Foods yes. yet again, one more time again. for one little yeah. thing. But you know, and it's right there. So the Whole Foods is definitely exactly. uh, that's a regular stop. Um, anyway, um, this is this is so great. I love talking with. I'm really excited to hear about your work and. Uh, uh, can you talk a little bit about, uh, before we take a little break for the song of the week, um, talk about the new quorum. Uh, because like I said, when I, so just to full disclosure, when I left Boston, I w- was running away to make in the country what you have, right? For mm-hmm. for musicians, specifically musicians that have gear, right? Mm-hmm. So all of us that work with heavily with electronic media, we have to come with our, there are very few places where we can just drop in. And there's a full mm-hmm. studio there for people to use, right? And right. so, um, you know, that's kind of one of the things that's on my bucket list. And then when I stumbled upon New Quorum, I was like, oh my goodness, this is really great. So I need to learn from her. I need to go there. And then we got to connect. So I would love to hear more about that. I don't know if that's going to be a thing I do after all now that COVID, you know, plans change. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. business is now very different and I'm very satisfied with where it's going. So I might not do that anymore, which means that I'll be signing up for. <laughs> Great. 
I would, yes, that would be wonderful. Yeah. I need for the world to know about this, that you've done this miraculous space and program. Oh, well, you know, um, when I was trying to figure out a way to get back home, the only, the only thing that made sense to me was, um, having an art space. And to me, the musicians of this city actually brought it back after Katrina. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing else. I mean, of course, we have kind of a strong visual, there's visual arts here. There's other things, but it was the musicians for me that really made the city worth saving mm-hmm. and created a dynamic where, um, you know, people understood, no, we, New Orleans has to come back. So I wanted to do something to honor them in support of musicians, but also my great grandfather was a musician who played with Louis Armstrong and Kid Kid Ori and Kid Creole and King Creole. Uh, Manuel Perez was his name. And um, I thought, oh, at the time, I wanted to honor my mother and her family and say, hey, I'm doing this in, in honor of, of uh, Pepe, they used to call him. Mm. Um, so I found this perfect space and um, started building out what it would be. Ironically enough, this was in 2015. Um, I had been working with um, a group here in New Orleans that supports incarcerated women. And um, they do uh, original creative work, um, body work, voice work, but also just kind of giving the women uh, tools to help them. And a number of the women had a, at some point, they call it graduating, left prison, incarceration, and had created their own collective, art collective nice. called The Graduates. So in my mind, I envisioned a space for women of color and the formerly incarcerated to come together in different combinations to to do collaborative work. Now, I went out, pitched this idea to funders. I went to a conference for emerging artist residencies, which was amazing. And I had to pitch it almost like Shark Week, Shark Tank thing. Right. And there's only one person in the room who supported it. And I, and I just thought, well, that's not true. There were a couple of people, but it was n- not supported. And even in New Orleans, I would talk to people about that idea and they say, well, do you sure you, sure you want to do that? You should probably start with men and working with the formerly incarcerated is, you know, it, it, it involves a lot more social work. This was in 2015. Wow. Okay. So it's so amazing to me how far we've come. Think about it. That now it's all about women of color. Yeah. It's all about working with the incarcerated. It's amazing to me that it flipped, right? Um, for people, for progressive people, like I, I was shocked when I think about it now that in 2015, I, I didn't get support on those ideas. Mm. So anyway, but I continued. I, I um, just decided to have women and men together. And um, the first residency was in January 2016. And we, um, the purpose of the, well, part of what makes the residency a little bit more unique is that there's a lot of collaboration. Mm-hmm. Unlike traditional artist residencies where you go off into the woods or right. you're isolated and you can create this work that you've probably already imagined in some way. What I wanted was for people to come here and be informed by New Orleans. It's the music, the landscape, the sights, the smells, other artists, and and have the beginnings of an idea and maybe nurture something that was present that needed to be informed by this space. So um, in that first group, um, for instance, Damon Locks, who is a visual artist, but also a performer. He was in a uh, in Trench Mouth with Fred Armisen back in, it was like a punk rock band in Chicago. Mm-hmm. He, um, he came and 
he was kind of blown away by the power of call and response, something that he hadn't really explored in his work before. And he went to a lot of gospel um, shows here and, and just like the, it's not, I wouldn't say what's the, like the brass band, sec, uh, brass band call and response, mm-hmm. audience participation back and forth. So he created something called the Black Monument Ensemble. Mm-hmm. And it premiered in Chicago and he released an album recently on that work that's been written up and lauded across the country. And he credits the time that he was in New Orleans mm. um, with that idea. And think and creating, formulating that idea based on his residency here. And so when he told me that, I was very touched and, you know, knew that it was something very valuable to give, give him that space. Um, there were two, uh, women in that group, uh, the flautist Nicole Mitchell and Lisa E. Harris, who was trained as a classical opera singer, mm-hmm. but she has now gone off in some very interesting <clears throat> spaces. <clears throat> she uses a theremin and uh, does a lot of voice work. But anyway, they just—they had never met. They met at the residency and discovered their mutual love and admiration of Octavia Butler. Mm-hmm. And they had, on their own, for years, written uh, songs about Octavia Butler, but then when they came together, they decided to do a joint project. They released an album just recently based on the work that they discovered together during the residency and their mutual um, love of Octavia Butler. So, you know, things that, that to me is very exciting because I'm not interested in someone who already has something very specific and they just need a room and food to sustain them for a mm-hmm. week or two while they finish it. Mm-hmm. That's not interesting to me. Uh, what I'm interested in is you're open for a new experience in a place, an unknown place. Um, and you want to just kind of let it all kind of come to you. The, the, the I like the, the big, innings of that idea like being informed by something and then saying and connecting the dots to something else in your soul that will emerge as a project eventually Mm -hmm. so i'm not you know i've never looked for okay at the end of this period you need to produce xyz or you need to complete this um it really is about the process and recognizing that for musicians um, in particular, they rarely have the opportunity for uninterrupted creative time. Either they're gigging or they're, they're, it's a different, um, or, or like you said earlier, don't have, they can't just drop into a space and create. They need so much. Right. Whereas um, writers, visual artists usually can be accommodated. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, I I did the research. There are less than so I would so seven is it seventy six percent of all residencies, artist residencies, residencies around the world, um, are for visual artists. Yes, so it's something. Yep, you know, a th- less than a third are available to musicians or accept musicians in their program. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was really important to focus on musicians that do have a week or two or a month to just sink into something else. I have a piano in the whole, in the property now, but talking to you, it made me, it makes me realize, um, you know, stu- a studio building a studio would be really important yeah. to get that um, going. Well, it, I'm living in the, what I envisioned as the studio. So the house is a five bedroom mansion over there. And then this was, this is the garage. So I converted the garage into my garage. I call it my garage, <laughs> garage cottage. This is where I live. Yes. But originally when I bought the property, I thought, well, this could be the studio space. Mm-hmm. You know, girls got to eat. So yes. this is where I'm, this is where I'm living now. Right, and right. maybe down the road, I can 
leave and find something else and then convert this to the studio. But, you know, I need a huge donor. <laughs> I need I need somebody with some deep pockets to help yeah, me realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the vision. And, you know, I cook. I love to cook. I love to feed people. Big part of this was an opportunity for me to cook and mm-hmm. sit around a table and talk. And um, when I graduated college, my first job was as a cook at an artist residency in Maine, in Booth Bay, Harbor, Maine. And I was the cook at that artist residency. And it was one of the best times of my life. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess I was thinking about that, just sort of like the other benefits of doing this project. Um, you know, just sitting around with creative people and who knows what's going to come up. During the residencies, what I really love is I have a long dining room table. It's, it sits about 12 people comfortably. But I, and I found that during residencies, the artists always want to come and sit at that table and work. Oh, and work. Together on their computer or do whatever. You know, they have a snack or lunch or breakfast and then they sit. But what happens is the conversation, the the back and forth, the sharing that goes on when you're sitting around that table is a really beautiful thing. Mm. It's a really beautiful thing. So, um, yeah, I like that energy. I like because it's it's very hopeful. All of it is hopeful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think we need more of, especially now. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that creation is is attaching yourself to hope. And that's what I'm looking for. I gotta write that down. Yes. <laughs> I have that. <laughs> do it, do it. I I wrote down a couple other listen. I, I could just listen to you talk all day, honestly. I've just, I, I just love what you're doing. I love your work. Um, let's take a quick break so we can listen to the song of the week and then we'll come back. And I want to hear uh, about, well, I'd love to hear about how you live your truth. This is all you're talking, you're answering the question this whole time, right? Uh, mm-hmm. About living your truth. But I'd love to, you know, get a little bit more specific about self-care and all of that right after the break. Is that cool? Okay, great. Okay, so we're going to take a break for the song of the week. We'll be right back. It's time for the song of the week, and I'm honored to share this week's piece from internationally acclaimed composer Courtney Bryan. She's a dear friend and favorite composer of Gianna's, so I couldn't resist pairing them together in this first episode of the New Orleans trio of episodes. Here is Courtney Bryan's Soli Deo Gloria, performed by Duo Noir.
And that was Courtney Bryan's Soli Deo Gloria, performed by Duo Noir. Please do yourself a big favor and go to CourtneyBryan.com. That's Courtney with a Y, B-R-Y-A-N.com for more from and about this amazing composer. Now back to my chat with Gianna Sachere here on That Spinster Life. And we're back here with Gianna Sachere, who is my new friend here in New Orleans, uh, just down the street, but we're still on Zoom. We've been talking about um, her work as a uh, gatherer of people, as a space maker. And Gianna, I have to say, I mean, you really are an ultimate space maker from, you know, the conferences and events that you produce to creating space for stories of people we need to hear in your writing, um, to your, your, uh, your project, your, uh, new quorum, beautiful residency program. Uh, so you're making all of the space for all these other people and, and their stories and their work, even inside your work, you make space for others. So what's your self-care like? I mean, you're living your truth for sure. Your truth, you said, is as a connector and as a conduit. But you, there, where are you in that in terms of just the brass tacks of keeping yourself together as you're ministering to all of these people? Well, prior to COVID, I would say it was listening to live music. After living in LA and New York for so many years, um, you realize just how lucky we are or were to be able to go out on a Tuesday night and pop in and listen to any, almost anything, any type of music, any range of artistry, bop around. Um, that definitely would feed my soul. In a, in a profound way. But now, since that's not possible, I've been chanting. Mm. Um, I met um, an artist who was at Studio in the Woods, where I was actually an artist as well, artist in residency. And she um, she does a project of sound and nature. She's a singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, I did a workshop with her when years ago when she was here. And then she started offering chanting classes pretty much the week after lockdown, like mid-March. And I signed up and I've been doing it um, consistently. It was almost every day. And then she went to Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And now I have to reconnect to it because so much, it's been months, but it definitely has helped me. But it's, it's pushed me to investigate and look into other means of meditation which I had been I dabbled in meditation before but now I am a a pure convert and in fact I'm looking at coursework to be a facilitator a a meditation facilitator Uh right now because I'm so um I'm so uh invested in its ability to help people no matter what you're going through Mm -hmm. so um yeah that's what i do i chant meditate and um yeah that's it i mean i i love to cook i love to eat i love to drink but um i don't want to get too far beyond that quarantine 15 or whatever they're saying so um, I've been trying to walk every day, mm-hmm. you know, that's worth. But the main thing is like, I'm really trying to cut back on alcohol. Yeah. Uh, there's been a couple of times, especially in the beginning of all this, where I was drinking a lot, having my afternoon margarita mm. after another af- evening margarita and then mm. late evening. I mean, just, yeah, it's way too much. Right. And, you know, it's just not a good thing after a while. I mean, that's not to say I don't enjoy a glass of wine with dinner, but I'm just, I, the drinking for me right now is like, it's not a good idea. But yeah. um, mm-hmm. the other thing that I love is being near water. So I will go take a drive or ride a bike to the river or the lake. Mm-hmm. So 
where I'm, where we are. Yes. Where we are, we are sort of equidistant from the river and the lake. And so take your pick. Yes. You know, just go out there and kind of take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so great. Meditation. You're, you're about the fifth person that has said meditation within earshot of me in the last two weeks. So that's definitely (laughs) between that and your reflection on the COVID drinking, which is like hurricane cocktails gone too far at this point, you know, the the of, of, uh, of quarantine happy hours. I mean, you know, you could have five of those a week if you have enough friends that like a, like a good cocktail and that's uh you know, but they're not that fun. They're not satisfying. No, not anymore. I mean, they've, we, so my friends and I have a pandemic brunch every Sunday and it started as, you know, cocktails and food. Now we don't, no one's barely eating during this thing because it's really just about us seeing each other. Um, there, the cocktails are definitely still flowing though. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to ratchet that. Really, this, is, this is through zoom. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, every Sunday. So it's one of the few, um, constant in my life right now. It's like, that's an appointment I don't miss unless there's something going on. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, go on ahead and get that facilitator license. I'll sign up for your Zoom meditation. Okay, great. <laughs> you need to practice, you need practice hours. I'm happy to help out. Okay. Um, this is great, Gianna. So we're going to close with some rapid fire questions that everybody gets to answer. There are only three, uh, gut response, uh, and fun response, however, however it comes. So here it is. So here's the first one. What's your top tip for anyone seeking to live their truth? Start. Mm. Start now. Start small. Break it down into digestible nibbles. Mm. Um, and if you're unclear of what that looks like, I think you should look at one day and what what if you had a what is what would be your perfect day of living, working, breathing, participating? What 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 would you be engaged in? Mm-hmm. Who would you see? Who would you connect with? And if and try to connect that to whatever your your dream is and try to make that happen. But nothing when you look at something as a whole, it's really hard and it can be daunting. But just take it step by step. Mm-hmm. That's great. I love that. Start start small. Um, you already kind of answered this, but once again, what do you do to take care of yourself? You said you meditate, you cook, try not to drink so much anymore. Anything else? Taking your walk? I play with my dog, Nina. Yeah. Spending time with her makes me realize, you know, animals, where it's at. (laughs) Animals. I mean, you know, she is... Just there's a lot of she brings a lot of calm to my life. Mm-hmm. Yes, amen to that. Amen to that. Uh, and then the last question: uh, Female musicians, music, musical artists. Who are some of your favorites that we can add to our that Spinster Life uh, playlist on Spotify? Um, you know, I love Courtney Bryan, who's mm-hmm. a local musician. She is transcendent. Um, her music is just absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a piano. She's a pianist. She doesn't sing, um, but her piano playing just brings me to a different place. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Lizzo. <laughs> yes, I love Lizzo. Um, and and uh, there's there's a woman um Betty Wright. Yes, Betty Wright. I love Betty Wright. Yes. Um and then, you know, something kind of a little off the beaten track is uh Kate Bush. Mhm. Um there's something about her voice that is transcendent as well. Um there's a Ethiopian uh woman piano player 
that I start, I heard some of her music and now, of course, I keep forgetting her name. Is there an opportunity to add yeah, later? Absolutely. I can look her up. Absolutely. Because what I've found is that um, the pian- I love the piano, even though for a lot of, a lot of p- piano players don't actually sing, but female piano players just sort of like, mm-hmm. it, it does it for me because that's it's aspirational, right? I want to be able to do that. Um, but, um, I, there's a woman and I've got a, I've got a, I'll find out who she is and send you a link. As far as voices, um, uh, Kate Bush, Betty Wright. I like Laura Jones. Mm-hmm. I like Laura Jones. Um, and, you know, I'm stuck on Hamilton. I'm a I'm, I'm a seven year old girl, I'm a seven year old girl because the Skyler sisters. Listen, it's all about that work, man. That one I, um, helpless messes me up. That, that oh yeah, I I just get that whole. It's so it's so I don't know it's so boppy. I just love that one. It's so perfect. It is a perfect it's thing. So perfect. Don't catch me on a treadmill when Helpless comes on. I just, I turn into one of those dancing <laughs> treadmillers. You know, the ones that people are like, just walk. I just run. Why are you? <laughs> so definitely. Well, it's really funny because um, my brother has a friend. Well, his friend has a daughter who's seven, Olivia. And Olivia just celebrated a birthday and she had a Hamilton birthday party. Mm. And so my brother who is very literary and sort of like, you know, we talk about books and movies and stuff. I was telling him how obsessed I was with Hamilton and he just thought, what, why, what's wrong with you? He's one of those people who doesn't get it. Right. And he probably, he's probably never heard anything. He hasn't heard anything about it. He just knows that kids love it, right? Mm-hmm. Olivia is obsessed with it. So he's thinking, why is she obsessed with Hamilton? Right. And so I had to break it down for him, which was funny. Like, you don't understand. <laughs> and he's, you know, I had to like create this, this diagram of why it's so good. Um, but yeah. The conventions of Broadway musicals. Come on. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's really funny because it's like, like Jesus Christ superstar. Come on. Yeah. And you know, I have to say one of the reasons why I started my deep obsession with, with it was I saw Brandon, oh shit! He was in Jesus Christ Superstar with John Legend. John Legend. Oh, I, I missed um, that. I didn't. See. Yeah, okay. No, I didn't. I didn't. He actually went on to take over the Aaron Burr role in Hamilton. Oh, okay. Um, he's amazing. Oh my god! Wow. So anyway, yeah, Hamilton. Hamilton. The Skyler Sisters. Oh, you know. Looking for a mind at work. Yeah. Listen, yeah. um, and and with that, that's a good note to end on. Mine's at work here. Um, thank you so much for spending some of your morning with me. I know you're super busy, you know, getting getting all those grants in and, and all of that. Yeah, for your- fingers crossed. Yes, yes. Um, this has been so great. Yes, yeah, so good to talk to you. So good to talk to you too. So like I said, we will keep in touch. We'll keep talking and... Uh, Maybe uh, we'll have you back on to plug your workshop when that happens in the spring. Because I'm great. so excited about it. <laughs> you're just even just talking about it. I'm just losing my mind. So anyway, oh, thanks and have a great rest of your day and week. Thanks for having me. Thank Bye. Bye. <laughs> Be sure to check out Gianna Sachere and the New Quorum at newquorum.org if you're a musician or a writer. Please consider applying for New Quorum's 2021 residency program so you can come and connect with the creative community here in New Orleans. If you're lucky, Courtney and Brian just might be in the mix when you're here. Until that day, please listen to more of her work at CourtneyBryan.com. That's C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y. Brian is B-R-Y-A-N. CourtneyBryan.com. Please go check her out. Join me next week for my chat with Latasha Lala Montgomery, a makeup artist, poet, and performer here in Greater New Orleans. 
Until then, go to that Spinster Life playlist on Spotify and join our community on Patreon if you are enjoying the show. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram and remember, tell your friends. Thanks for listening to this episode of That Spinster Life. I'm Alyssa Jones. Thank you.